Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our Restored Life coach, Dwayne Wolf. Malachi, Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5. Malachi 4 and verse 5. I want to talk to you about uh, the spirit of adoption. Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the land with a curse. So this is interesting. This is a very interesting passage because most of the time when we think of Elijah, we think of a prophetic ministry. We think of a confrontive ministry. We think of kind of a in-your-face ministry. And we even think of Elijah maybe as a type of all prophetic ministry. And so, therefore, some of us thinking that Elijah is a type of all prophetic ministry and thinking of how he confronted uh, Jezebel and Ahab and how confrontive he was and how he... Uh, 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 brought down the the uh, the altar of Baal and all of that. We we kind of you know, in the body of Christ, there's also this kind of this flow that that's that's the prophetic. The prophetic edge is a confrontive, and you know so. And if we if we have the spirit of Elijah on us, then it's you know, and we want to even you know we even kind of want to prophesy with that edge, that edge of Elijah, you know. I don't know why none of us dressed like him. You know, the wild, hairy skin, you know, the, the wild, hairy, you know, clothing, you know, and, and uh, eating locusts and honey. I don't know why we don't eat like him. Why don't we eat like him? I'm not sure. Go out today and order locusts and honey, you know. But we identify, some of us, many in the body of Christ, and I might not be talking to you at all, but maybe you've seen this, identify you know, with this whole Elijah thing is this, you know, wild, mean, confrontive, prophetic, yeah, you know, kind of a spirit. And yet, what, what I want you to see as we look through this is that Elijah's passion was really to raise up the next generation. Elijah actually was the father of fathers, He was in his day and in his generation the epitome of a fathering spirit. And in his day, the epitome of that which had a great passion and a great love for the presence of God, the goodness of God, the knowing of God, the knowledge of God, the revelation of God, the wonder of God to be passed on to the next generation. And so we see here that when the spirit of Elijah comes, the spirit of Elijah is coming to restore a heart for restoring or raising up, quickening, making alive, renewing life in the next generation. Now, on the other hand, we could almost say that the spirit of Elijah is juxtaposed or it is, it is seen in Scripture as 
against Baal and against Jezebel and against Asherah or the opposite thereof in that they also have an agenda and their agenda is to destroy the next generation, to kill the next generation, to destroy the next generation, to ruin the next generation, to turn the next generation over to fatherlessness or to father them in all that would destroy them and all that would ruin them. So they too have an agenda. So if we see in Elijah this ornery, confrontive uh, uh, spirit uh, of which sometimes you know, we bring in to the church and minister that way to one another, hello somebody, his, his ministry of confrontation was against Baal, against Asherah, against Jezebel, and against that which wanted to destroy a generation instead of raise them up. So now God says that, that if we're sensing calamity, if we're sensing trouble, if we're sensing that even, even there is a lack in a generation. Wherever there's a lack in a generation toward God, wherever a generation is godless, then what we find is we find an expression of Deuteronomy 28. An expression of Deuteronomy 28, where we find in context the blessing and the curse. That if we follow God, if we love God, if we obey Him, if we obey His words, then we will be blessed going out, we'll be blessed coming in, we'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed with our womb, we'll be blessed in everything, Deuteronomy 28. But starting around verse 15, that if we refuse and rebel, then we will be cursed and a curse will come upon us. That's the curse he's talking about here. Where there's a godless generation, then God can't bless a godless generation. So where we see a godless generation, where we see an orphaned generation, where we see a generation separated from God, our heart's cry should should be for them to be adopted. We, we need a spirit of adoption. We need a spirit of fathering, a spirit of Elijah to begin to bring them in, to begin to wrap our arms around them, to begin to live bigger than we are living so that they too are fathered so that that next generation is not lost. And in this, of course, we include moms. I would say Pastor Joel has the spirit of Elijah and does more Elijah ministry than me sometimes. So this is not a gender thing. This is a call and a cry for the preservation, the redemption, the reconciliation of the next generation. And God wants us to have that. Otherwise, the next generation will come under a curse instead of come under and into a blessing. All right, we're excited about another day of Restored Life Radio. Thanks for tuning in. God bless. We're available at 253-922-1502. We encourage you to call in. We'll be offering the Restored Life Encounter soon, and we want you to sign up and get involved in that. We also want you to check in 
for the Restored Life Manual and Materials. Let's go right back to the program. Now, we're at war over this. We're at war over this. And the enemy wants to seduce you away from that war. Satan is working overtime to destroy the next generation and the next generations. Satan and the demonic powers, it says in Revelation 12 that they've come to the earth, and it says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for they've come down with great wrath, knowing that their time is short. So these, uh, these creatures are working uh, 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 wildly. And the crazy thing about demonic powers is uh, they don't need to sleep and they don't need to eat. Uh, and they're working around the clock and throughout the earth. They're working in the second heavens and they're working to destroy the next generation. They're working to separate them from the next generation. And one of the key elements, uh, or to separate the next generation from God, and one of the key elements that they need is they need us to be busy. They simply need us to be distracted. They need the generation that's in, in control of the economy, in control of government, in control of media, in control of education. They just need us to be busy and distracted and, and, and too caught up in our own lives to preserve the future and to fight for the future generation and to enfold them into our arms. And then they simply need a bunch of those who are perverse, unclean, and who will partner with them, who understand the battle and who want to be used by the enemy in the battle for the destruction of the future generation, and who will yield themselves to be used in the battle to destroy the future generation. They simply need them to not be so busy that they aren't plugged in, but instead busy with them around the clock to create an atmosphere in the culture where the school is perverse, the government is perverse, the media is perverse, the home is perverse, and homes are opened into that perversity. You follow what I'm saying this morning? I think that we, I think that, I think for some, uh, you know, we've got, we've got, I, I'm going to, you know, this will hit various of you at different levels because of your history with the Lord and your history uh, in the church, but some of us thought the rapture was going to come by 88, 40 years after Israel became a nation, and uh, so we kind of, we let everything go, and we gave up on everything, and we walked away from everything, and now we're still reeling from that, trying to figure out what to do. Others of us thought America was so Christianized, we were the center of evangelism, the center of giving, the center of missional uh, lifestyle and missionary sending. We were the center of everything, and so we just thought that what what could ever happen to the unshakable America? And we we still sing, God shed His grace on thee and crowned thy with 
from to so since we still sing that you know uh, and since we still say the pledge to uh, uh, of the allegiance and uh, you know, since all of these things, ha what could possibly shake or happen to America? Well, if good men don't do enough, I'm not going to say good men are doing nothing. If good men do nothing, we're really in trouble, right? But if, but if good men just don't do enough, we're in trouble. If good people just don't do enough, we're in trouble. And, and, and I think somewhere some of this hits us. It hits your home just as it hits my home. Is that while we've not been doing enough, um, others have been doing a lot. And so the atheists have been working overtime. And uh, those with every unclean agenda under the sun have been invading America at every level. They've been invading our nation at every level, in education, in government. Now, do we have a few, you know, do we have some good Christian teachers out there still? Yeah. Some good Christian superintendents? Yeah. Do we have some good Christians involved in government? Yeah. But you know what? There's compromise everywhere because we're at war. And there's pressure, not only in the spirit realm, but in the natural realm, to bring perversion and uncleanness into the nation to destroy the next generation. And you can't look at where your life is today. Our children were privileged. We pulled them out of Christian school years ago, put them into Puyallup schools. We live right between Wildwood Elementary and Ferrucci Junior High. We were privileged that... All three of the boys, every single teacher, all three of them had at Wildwood Elementary were Christians. That's rare. That's wild. That's weird. That's fun. That's wonderful. We would talk to every single teacher about the Lord and about our values and about what we wanted and, and what was happening. And we just had a great, every single one of those teachers with all three of the boys, their experience in there was good. But guess what? We can't be just thinking about what we've just experienced or what we're seeing right now. We have to look forward and see the signs of the times. We have to know what's coming if we don't rise up in the Spirit, in prayer, and in good to do more. For the future, and this is where God is saying, there's a quickening of a spirit of Elijah. There is a spirit of Elijah revival. God is stirring the church. God is waking us up. God is arousing us. God is calling us to something more. And he's calling us out of what's become the distraction of convenience. Why is it that Africans who don't have dishwashers can wash their dishes and pray more than we pray? Why is it that those who don't have automatic car washing machines can wash their car and still... Why can you show up at church or a business in Africa and their clothes look cleaner than yours and their whites are whiter than yours and they still have time to pray and minister in evangelism or care or sharing or ministry with one another? You know why? 
Because even though we have every convenience, we're seduced into every kind of distraction as well. Ouch. I wasn't supposed to get harsh and mean. Part of, part of the spirit of Elijah and the ministry of the spirit that he is trying right now to put on the church and to call us to is that we begin to think about the next generation. We begin to think future. We begin to think about the next generation in such a way that we change and alter our lifestyle, even though what we have is okay and our lives are not being compromised. We realize that if we don't do something, our grandchildren's lives will be compromised greatly. Restored Life is the ministry built and developed designed to help you rebuild your foundation and restore your garden. We know that every single person faces sabotage, difficulties, every kind of obstacle and oppressive power to harm and to ruin their future. And so we are here to help you get restored and discover how to walk in restoration. Call us today, 253-922-1502. 253-922-1502 and ask about the Restored Life classes today. According to a report by the Williams Institute in 2007, hear me in a spirit of love and, um, and understanding. I w- but I want to talk a little bit about um, something that I think is scary. In 2007, there were 270,000 children in the United States who lived with same-sex couples. Of these, one quarter or 65,000 had been adopted. Right now in the United States, there's only two states that prohibit same-sex adoption, same-sex couples from adopting. I know what's happening in California and in various places around the nation is staggering the number of same-sex couples that are adopting. See, here's an interesting thought. Even as much as the spirit of Elijah is the spirit of adoption, Satan has a counterfeit. Satan also has a spirit of adoption. Satan is, and on a practical level, he's reaching into culture. He's reaching for the orphans. He's reaching for the foster children. He's reaching for the unwanted. He's reaching... And he's reaching to bring them into homes where they'll be seduced with his agenda for the future of our nation and for the destruction of future generations. And God is saying to us, will you be Will you be those who receive not only the spirit of adoption in that God has brought you in and claimed you and bought you, but also will you now embrace the spirit of adoption and begin to reach into culture, begin to reach into society, begin to reach into families, begin to reach to the orphan? The church from the beginning of the kingdom of God has been called to reach the orphan. 
We have been called to reach the orphan, and we're not doing it. And so the enemy is because the enemy has an agenda, and he will not sleep. He will not slumber. He doesn't need a movie. He doesn't need pleasure. He doesn't need recreation. He doesn't, and I'm telling you, his workers have an agenda. And when we think everything is going fine, he has an agenda and he is stirring his workers up to work overtime. And they don't need another movie and they don't need another distraction. What gives them great pleasure is to work in such a way that the future generations are destroyed with their perversion. And we can't let it continue. We're at war, church. We're at war. 2 Kings 9, 21. You know Elijah. You might know Elijah anointed Elisha for the destruction of Jezebel. But he also anointed Jehu. And he was the one, a warrior, who would go and confront Jezebel and bring Jezebel down. And it's interesting. In 2 Kings 9, 21, he goes to find Jezebel, and he approaches the fortress where she is hiding. And in verse 22 of 2 Kings 9, And it came about when Joram saw Jehu, that he said, Is it peace? Is it peace? Did you come in peace? And he answered, What peace so long as the harlotries of your mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many? Church, we need to be shaken. We need to be shaken out of a stupor of everything's okay. We need to be shaken out of a stupor of it's all going to work out. Oh, I read the back of the book. We win. What did you say is on Comcast tonight? Come on now. When we, haven't, when we haven't reached out, when we haven't adopted, when we haven't ministered, when we haven't done some simple things, when we haven't really labored, now, I posted something yesterday on Facebook. I use Facebook as a miniature blog sometimes. I know it sounds wild, but you know, our labor, even in the practical realm, needs to at least match what Satan's kids are doing or we're going to be in trouble. And then God will continue to stir up generations until he has a people that will rise up. And I'm just saying, I want to be part of a generation that rises up now. I want you to be a part of an Elijah generation that rises up now, that heeds the call, that listens to what God is saying. But listen, this is what I said. The heart of Elijah is to stop the, the destruction of a generation due to the seduction of Jezebel and how that seduction has removed fathers from their children due to the lust for sensual pleasure. And then I said, we need the spirit of it. We need adoption more than we need seduction. Many who are orphaned, even orphaned to a lesser or greater degree, even in our own homes, even in Christian homes, and I'm saying the spirit of Elijah starts in your own home. Many who are orphaned are orphaned because the spirit of Asherah and, and, and Baal working through the Jezebels in our own culture have pulled men into sensuality, and to the degree that we're pulled into sensuality, we're pulled away from fathering our own children. Seduction, specifically 
and clearly into sexual folly, sexual sin. Statistics show that somewhere up around 80% of Christian men view pornography often. I'm telling you, sexual seduction, this is part of Jezebel's tactic, separates you from a spirit of Elijah and a spirit of adoption. You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253-922-1502.